Hello, friends. Once again, it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on this website. We're so glad you tuned in today. We hope you're following us right on through this Christmas season as we focus on the real meaning of the season. Jesus is indeed the reason for the season, but we need understanding of why he is such a reason for the season. And that's why we're speaking on the subject of spiritual understanding of Christmas. We all get the, the, the world's view of Christmas, the commercialization, the, uh, the, really the reason to be self-indulgent and to party and all of those things. But there is a Christian reason to celebrate that is far beyond anything that the world could conceive of in terms of joy and peace and power. Hallelujah. Amen. We talked about last week on the subject of spiritual understanding of Christmas. We're going back to Revelation 12 today. Uh, On that same subject, uh, there was a great wonder in heaven, a great wonder in heaven. In this second uh, edition of a spiritual understanding of Christmas. I'm going to read Revelation chapter 12 again and underscore great wonder once again. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And we'll identify that in future teachings on the book of Revelation. Listen to verse 2. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, For to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Now there is mystery uh, here in these previous wonders about who is this woman and who is this great red dragon. We begin to, to get into that a little bit. In our previous broadcast, on this second edition, A Great Wonder, verse 5 is where we're really looking at today. Uh, no doubt there's, there's speculation and interpretations about the above things and, and, and who this woman is and, and who this red dragon is. The, the devil and the fallen angels is one of the, I believe, accurate interpretations of that. The woman, uh, whether it is the nation of Israel or a blending of the nation of Israel and the new covenant church made up of Jew and Gentile. But one thing is for certain, and there's no speculation, no need for different interpretations, and that's verse 5. This is Mary, and this child is Jesus, and she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne." I want to just read this, uh, one of the, the, 
the uh, well, I'll just read the whole thing, amen, of what a wonder is when we're talking about this wonder, this wonder, signs and wonders. It says, portending remarkable events soon to happen of miracles and wonders by which God authenticates the men sent by Him, or by which men prove that the cause they are pleading are God's. That is a wonder. And it is also that which, depending on how it's used, where it's used, in context, that by which a person or a thing is distinguished from others and is known, <laughs> hallelujah, a sign, a portent, in effect, an unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature. Hallelujah. In other words, this is, the, there are miracles occurring, defining a miracle as a supernatural interruption in the normal course of human affairs. Hallelujah. Amen. This supernatural, spiritual understanding of Christmas will help us to see what God did when He sent Jesus and what Jesus did when He came and what Jesus accomplished for you and me and everyone who will receive Him on the cross. Hallelujah. What what happened when He ascended to heaven and what happened, what is about to happen when He comes back to rule and to reign. Praise God. Amen. Listen, the child is clearly a reference to Jesus Christ, God's Son. By mentioning Jesus' birth and ascension together in this verse 5, John is presenting the life of Jesus as a comprehensive work. Verse 5 once again, And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to His throne. Now, Jesus didn't just come into this fallen world, therefore, to just be a Jewish Messiah, or just to be the king of the Jews, as Pilate commanded to be written and placed on the cross. The birth of Jesus, dear friend, brought the world's rightful ruler to earth. Jesus isn't, therefore, just king of the Jews. I want to reiterate that. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords and the rightful ruler, therefore, over the entire earth. Only Jesus can truly shepherd the nations and rule with a rod of iron. Right now, we live on a planet that is in rebellion, that refuses God's rightful rule. But the birth of this child was the beginning of the end for the devil and his followers. Listen to this fulfillment that we're reading in the book of Revelation of this, this, these words of scripture in Psalm 2. Listen. It says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. 
he that sitteth in the, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision or laughter. He's scoffing literally at their attitude to think that mere human leaders here upon the earth can shake their fist in the face of God and of His anointed Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 5 once again says, Then shall He speak unto them in His wrath and vex them in His sore displeasure. Yet have I set my King upon my holy hill, Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. They shall break them with a, thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, he instructed. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him." Now, here's some things. I, I, I love the manger. I love the manger scene. I love the, the beauty and the purity of the Christ child. But that baby didn't stay in that manger. He didn't stay a pure and beautiful child. He grew to manhood. And at 33 years old, he allowed them to crucify him on the cross where he suffered for six long hours before he gave up the ghost, before he released his spirit from his body. And friend of mine, when he comes again, he's not going to come riding on a donkey like he entered Jerusalem on the way to the cross. He's not going to come back. Uh, you know, they, they have this image of Jesus and, uh, uh, of kind of a pasty-faced candidate for, for some kind of vitamin supplement. That's not the Jesus he was, and that is not the, in his humanity, and that certainly is not the Jesus who is going to return. He's not coming on a donkey to signify his humility and submission to his Father's will. No, he's coming back on a white horse, the book of Revelation says. And upon his thigh, there is a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is coming back to be the rightful ruler. And the Bible said he will rule them here with a rod of iron. He's coming back to judge the earth. He's not coming back as a Lamb of God to be crucified so that He could save us and so we could be forgiven. He's coming back, hallelujah, as the Son of the living God to rule and to reign forevermore. I'm going to ask you a question today. Aren't you glad to be following Jesus in triumph instead of Satan and the spirit of the age? We do not just believe. We bow 
to our Lord and our King. Hallelujah. The Scriptures say that if we suffer with Christ, we're going to reign with Him. In Revelation 2, verse 26 through 27, it says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers. Even as I received of my father. Just like God promised him in the previous verses of Scripture in the Old Covenant, prophesying of him. Amen. He said, just as sure as I'm going to rule and reign, you're going to rule and reign with me. (laughs) Hallelujah. As sure as Jesus is the man-child, the dragon is Satan. For sure. The birth of Jesus was a declaration of war on Satan and his kingdom of darkness and all those that follow him. Eugene Peterson notes of these scriptures, this is not the nativity story we grew up with. Jesus' birth excites more than wonder. It excites evil. The birth of Jesus was the launch of God's assault on the powers of evil and the powers of darkness. Revelation twelve seven through 9 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. The great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Amen. I love in this portion of Scripture the absolute authority of Scripture itself. There's no room for doubt or speculation Hallelujah. The dragon is defeated, just like the prophecy said, amen, in Genesis, that the serpent would bruise his heel, the seed of the woman, but the seed of the woman would bruise his head. Hallelujah. The devil is conquered, and Jesus is eternally Lord. And for sure, we as followers of Christ, as believers, share His triumph and His victory. Look at Colossians two twelve through 15. It said, Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised Him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened, which means to give life. And the kind of life he's giving is eternal. It's permanent and it's powerful. It's the life that, that was given to Jesus when God raised him from the dead. It's resurrection power. Hallelujah. And you being dead in sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him? You know, the scripture said in Romans 8, that if the spirit 
of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. (laughs) He will quicken you, your mortal body, by that same Spirit. That means right now, while we are in this body of clay, right here upon the earth, hallelujah, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is granted to us in and through the person of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to read that again. Do you have on your shouting shoes today? Can you get away from the all the mess that is all over the world and focus on the majesty and the power of this season that we are in. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to know the God that has overcome the biggest and baddest dragon. You think you you think COVID is a spiritual dragon trying to consume the earth? Listen, the devil is the dragon behind all the sickness all of the disease, amen, all of the devastation and all of the destruction. But when this child was born, he knew from that moment a prophecy had went in into operation and there was a great wonder in heaven and there was a great wonder upon the earth and there was a great war in heaven and there is still a war going on here in the earth and on the earth. Light and darkness are in conflict. Praise God. Amen. And the Bible said that we are the children of light and we're to put on the armor of light. I like that too, because it means that we're going against the deepest and darkest evil, darkness, complete, absolute darkness with the armor of light. I have seen light dispel darkness. I have never seen darkness overwhelm light. The light would have to go out. Or as Jesus taught, we would have to be so deceived and defrauded that we no man lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. You cannot let your light shine, and so can I. But if I let my light shine, be it known, the devil cannot put it out. For the light has shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Oh, friend of mine, we used to sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little, honey, I can't sing it with you anymore. It's a cute song. It's a Sunday school standard. But this light, this light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, this light, hallelujah, that uh, that uh, illuminates to such a degree that the darkness falls back. Friend of mine, this is no little light. This is a mighty light. And if we're going to sing that song, we should sing this mighty light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a scripture in Isaiah 60 that said, Arise. In the midst of gross darkness, it says, Darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. And then the next verse says, Arise. And shine, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee, and shall be seen upon thee. (laughs) Glory be to God. This is no time for us to light the candle and put it under a bushel. 
This is a time to lift it up. Hallelujah, that all in the house may see. Glory to God. I'm going to read Colossians 2, 12 to 15 again. It says, Buried with Him in baptism, where also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised Him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. This it here (laughs) is the cross itself. You know, the devil thought it was the greatest victory that could possibly occur when Jesus drew his last breath on the cross. Amen. But God used what the devil thought was his greatest triumph to turn into his greatest defeat. And Christ's victory when he rose up became our victory when we received Jesus as his Savior, we're identified with him in his death, and we're identified with him in his resurrection. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Verse 15 says, in one translation, God disarmed principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it the cross hallelujah for sure my dear friend we are free from satan's accusations and we are free from sin's power over us it's broken hallelujah at the cross it's broken when jesus rose from the dead he was raised for our justification Listen to Revelation twelve ten and 11. said, And I heard a loud voice saying from heaven, Now is salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. There, here's, here's the, the element that achieves victory, the blood of Jesus. The word of our testimony, hold fast the profession, your confession of faith without wavering. He is faithful that promised and the devotion to him because of what he's done for us. And they love not their lives unto the death. Hallelujah. You see, friend, Jesus has already overcome the power of sin. Although Satan may still be active on the earth, from the perspective of heaven, he's been defeated and his days are numbered. The birth, life, death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus was the only way to overcome Satan and offer salvation to the whole human race. 
Though we may still suffer and see evil active in our world, these are merely the desperate convulsions of a defeated enemy. These are the really all of his attacks right now. I'm, I want to submit this. We need a spiritual understanding. All of the attacks, all of the attacks of the evil one, as forceful and formidable as they may seem, are the death throes of an enemy that is already received the deadly wound. Amen. That little baby boy, that innocent little child, that little child born to that little teenage girl in that little town of Bethlehem, (laughs) who was the first worshipped by lowly little shepherds, was the light that shattered the darkness, hallelujah, the Lion of Judah, the Mighty One of Israel, the conquering King of kings and Lord of... I tell you, I feel like preaching. I I, I can't teach something this powerful, this wonderful. <laughs> you know, like a school teacher in a classroom. Uh, I had a math teacher that used to get pretty excited over mathematics. And Mike, if you're listening, <laughs> I don't think you get that excited over mathematics. We sure were not excited, <laughs> amen, over 12th grade mathematics. <laughs> Amen. Listen, it's time to get excited over the victory that's been granted us through what Jesus has done in our behalf. You see, Mary's little baby boy was God's Son and our Savior. And the beginning, the beginning of the end of Satan's kingdom of darkness Amen. And John saw it all from heaven's perspective. And after the dust had settled and the smoke of battle dissipated, the devil is defeated and Jesus is exalted and the church of Jesus Christ is victorious. And this is for sure. Hallelujah. When you see a manger scene this Christmas, Be sure and see more than a sweet little baby. See your conquering king and shout for joy. Hallelujah. The birth of Jesus signaled an invitation to the human race. An invitation to the human race. To everyone on this planet. When God sent Jesus, dear friend, into the world on Christmas Day, It was an open invitation to be cured of that virus (laughs) called sin. For the wages of sin is death. It doesn't kill some people. It kills everyone unless it is killed. And in order to escape God's wrath, when He destroys sin and evil, He sent a Savior. He sent His only begotten Son. He sent Jesus to us. Hallelujah. And Jesus came. He left His throne in heaven. He left His position in heaven as the second person of the Godhead. He became incarnate. He took on flesh. And when He did, He took on the devil and all the forces of darkness so that you and I 
could be healed, could be saved. Hallelujah. And the deadly wound that sin has caused could be gloriously healed eternally. Hallelujah. So this Christmas season, my dear brother and my sister, I believe God wants to bring out of this pandemic a mighty move of the Holy Spirit, a wonder upon the earth, God moving in power, majesty, in might, in love, in compassion, in grace to seek and to save the lost. If you're listening to this broadcast and you don't know Christ as your Savior, let this Christmas be a victorious Christmas. Amen. Satan has done everything in his power to stop what Jesus did for you. And he has failed. His only weapon now is to try to stop people like me and you from coming to Jesus. Don't let him use that weapon. Don't run from God. Run to him. Bow and fall at the foot of the cross. Look up at that bleeding Lamb of God dying for you. Repent of your sin and receive him as your Savior. And defeat the enemy. And grab hold of the victory that he has won in our behalf. And let's go to heaven together. And let's live forever with God. And let it begin right here, right now, Christmas 2020. In Jesus' name.